Welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is now Saturday morning, as I am I am back late after a late start for a Nuggets game and then a late media session. Uh, but I'm back. I am ready to go. It's close to 1 in the morning, and I am excited to discuss this Nuggets blowout with you. This was really, really impressive from your Denver Nuggets as they decimate the Dallas Mavericks to the tune of a final score of 106 to 75. Pretty, pretty impressive stuff from this entire group. Uh, 31 point blowout. The Nuggets gave up 75 total points and 31 in the second half. That was the margin for this game. And Denver gave up that number in the second half. It was just a really, really incredible defensive performance. That's what we're going to talk about in the first segment. Second segment, we're going to talk about the rotations. And third segment, we'll talk about what's next. Uh, Because I thought that the, the two main stories tonight were defense and rotations. And those are going to lead the day. Uh, for this Nuggets team for a while, I think. But let's start with the defense. Let's start with what the Nuggets were able to do on the defensive end against a a team, a a formerly great offense in Dallas, led by Luka Doncic, who should be really good against this Nuggets team. He has a rim-rolling threat in Dwight Powell, although not a great one. I'll definitely say that. But he should be really good in this situation. And it's just pretty clear uh, that this Mavericks team, I'm pretty worried about them. They they kind of suck right now. And they were on the second night of a back-to-back. So at altitude. So let's not go overboard, I would say. But what I will definitely say, like Denver starting unit, they were excellent. They were awesome. They were very, very impressive, especially in that third quarter facing foul trouble for Nikola Jokic. And a lot of that, I think you have to take with the energy and effort that they played on the second, on the, on the defensive end. But also Aaron Gordon, take a bow. Uh, He was wonderful in this game. Going up against a guy like Luca, you have to be very, very conscientious of how the team is supposed to be playing, of how Dallas is going to attack, of how Luka is going to be foul hunting. And Aaron Gordon finishes tonight 13 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, a steal. He did block Luka Doncic once, committed just one personal foul. One. Against that dude. That's really, really impressive. He was doing a very good job of getting over screens, of staying attached to Luka, not giving him a bunch of space. And a lot of the the shots that Luka can sometimes hit contested. Like he, he hits contested shots at a very high clip against a lot of people. He didn't hit them tonight. And maybe it's because second night of a back-to-back, have weak legs. Uh, he's been carrying a heavy load for this team. But it was pretty clear from the get-go that Aaron Gordon was a good matchup against Luka Doncic, as well as P.J. Dozier and even Will Barton. All three of those guys 
had their moments against Luca, where you just have to play in his grill. You have to defend without fouling. You have to stay attached as much as possible. And they did a really, really great job of that. Denver played two main coverages tonight against Luca. In the first half, they played at the level of the screen. They did a lot of uh, defending with two players on Luca, trying to force him to get the ball out of his hands. And they did a pretty good job of that. Um, I'm not sure exactly when Luca's points happened, but only 16 points for him in 26 minutes, 5 of 18 from the field, 1 of 4 from 3, 5 of 5 from the free throw line. It was very staggered out, for sure. And Denver playing both at the level in the first half and then going to deep drop in the second half, where Jokic, instead of playing aggressively out front, is playing as close to the rim as he possibly can, saying, okay, you can take the floater. We're going to allow you the mid-range. If you hit it, then great. If not, then you're going to have a really bad time against this kind of a defense. And Denver, because they have a guy like Aaron Gordon, who gets over those screens really well, who defends his man and sticks to him and bothers him for the entire night, they have the luxury to play deep drop. And I thought that Jokic was excellent. Grabbed 16 rebounds tonight, did a good job of contesting right at the rim. And I thought that the Mavs were awful going at him. But a lot of that should be credited to him. A lot of that should be credited to Aaron Gordon, as well as to the rotations behind them. Because you don't play great defense two-on-two unless the guys behind you are also still getting into passing lanes, are also forcing that matchup to happen. I thought that Michael Porter deflected some passes. thought that Will Barton deflected some passes. thought that this was a good Monte Morris defensive game. There was a lot to like about the defense of this group tonight. And it did start with Aaron Gordon on Nicole, on uh, Luka Doncic, excuse me. But I thought that it was the entire group, even the bench too. Mike Malone said post-game that Aaron Gordon should have the goal of being an all-defense, all-defense caliber kind of player, making an all-defensive team. And I agree. He's good enough. It also makes a lot of sense for him to play and be in this role, for him to help this Nuggets defense get to where it wants to go. I think he has to be an all-defensive caliber talent. Now, Jokic has taken steps forward. I think that's pretty clear. I think that Porter has improved as well, though he can still be a, a bit of a mess at times. But Barton playing at the shooting guard spot and defending it well, Monte Morris being very focused on that end of the floor, all of those things have really added up to Denver's starting unit especially, being a really good defensive group. It's kind of shocking. I don't think it's going to stay like that. I think that Denver defaults to an offensive team. And that's just what's ultimately going to happen. But on nights like tonight, where you could just choke away the life 
of a team like Dallas take away the head of the snake and Luca and force others to beat you. Look across the board at this Mavericks team. Dorian Finney-Smith, two points on 0-4 from three. Tim Hardaway, three points on one of five from three. Reggie Bullock, five points, one of five from three. Dwight Powell, the main lob threat, eight points. When Luka Doncic and his main lob threat are only combining for 24 points in a game, that means that you've done a great job. And Denver did. They really had a great, great game. The bench defense also gave up fewer runs. Uh, There were fewer made threes by the Mavericks on that end of the floor. Uh, Michael Porter, like I said, he has improved effort, execution, something that uh, Michael Malone commented on post-game. Barton was very good on the defensive end. Faku was high energy on the defensive end. I wouldn't say he was good, but he did make some plays. And then Jeff Green was very solid on both ends as well. It's just a really encouraging game, Uh, especially on the defensive end. There were some offensive things that I think you you can definitely take away from as well, but it wasn't about the offense tonight. This was about the defense. This was a defensive statement game for Denver on national TV, where they choked the life away from a team that was a really good offensive team just last season. Now, there are a couple of changes from last year to this year, mainly... Uh, Kristaps Porzingis wasn't out there tonight, though I'm not sure how much he would have helped. And Jason Kidd is the coach, as opposed to Rick Carlisle. Uh, I'm worried about the Mavericks, to be clear. Um, But I do think that this says a lot about Denver. I think it says a lot about their defensive talent, how it's better than it was in years past, how having Aaron Gordon for a full season, a a rejuvenated Barton, a better Porter, a better Jokic, It's going to really help Denver's defensive rating. Currently, they're fourth in defensive rating on cleaning the glass. It's a really good start to the year. When we come back, we are going to talk about the other main storyline for tonight. The the starting units, the rotations, and everything that happened in between. But first... This podcast is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. If you're interested in DraftKings and want to get in on the same-game parlay mode that they have, if you want to get in on NFL Week 8 that is kicking off over the course of this weekend, make sure to sign up for for DraftKings. Use promo code MHS. They will give you all of the opportunities that you want to bet on your favorite teams, whether it's the Nuggets, whether it's the Broncos. If the Broncos don't win on Sunday, uh, then just fire everybody because they've lost four in a row already. So you've got to find ways uh, to bet on these teams. And I think that it's, it's a lot of fun to ce- to celebrate the team like that, to, to share your fandom like that. And DraftKings gives you a great opportunity. So like I said, if you're interested, make sure to use promo code MHS. Let them know that you came from us. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll.
All right, we're back. Pickaxe and roll. Ryan Blackburn here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support. I know that you guys have been interested in, in my move. Uh, it's been going well. I've uh, got a new monitor set up, got a new keyboard and mouse, and, and a nice new like desk set up for, for my own podcasting area, and it's been great. So been really happy with that. Uh, maybe, I'll, maybe I'll even send a picture on Twitter and, and, and share that out. So because uh, I think this actually looks pretty cool. I've been I've been pretty happy with the the improved area. It helps me helps me work for sure. All right, let's talk about these rotations because as you know, I'm the rotation guy. I'm the one who diagrams everything out. I make sure to give everybody the chance to uh, visualize the rotation to see what I see. And then so that people can really uh, can really appreciate what's going on, uh, because I think that this is something that I can really contribute to Nuggets fans, give them an opportunity to see things through my eyes. And what I saw tonight was really interesting. I'm just going to read off some of the rotations that Michael Malone made, because I actually think that it tells a really interesting story for this game. And it didn't include Bones Highland until the end, but I actually really like this, and I hope that Michael Malone sticks with it for a little bit here. So instead of the Nuggets changing up their, or no, 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 excuse me, I thought the Nuggets were going to go to a nine-man rotation based off of what they were doing. Monte Morris, Will Barton, Michael Porter, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Jokic, they go for the first six minutes or so. And then Will Barton is the first sub. He he comes out, PJ Dozier comes in for him. Uh, sounds pretty normal. And it looks like that Barton's going to come back in and join the second unit. But he did in a manner that I wasn't expecting. Uh, Faku comes in for Monte. And then Barton comes back in for MPJ with Jeff Green coming in for Aaron Gordon. And Will Barton closes the first quarter out there with the second unit, basically. Jokic uh, is soon replaced by Jermichael Green. And you've got a lineup of Faku Campazzo, Will Barton, PJ Dozier, Jeff Green, Jermichael Green. That's what I expected to start the second quarter. That's not what happened. Instead, Michael Porter Jr. came back out and played about four minutes. He started the second quarter in place of PJ Dozier, and they played a lineup of Faku, Barton, Porter, and Dos Verde, green and green. And then after that, you get something even more interesting. In comes Austin Rivers, along with Monte Morris for Faku. Uh, You've got Jokic coming in for Jermichael Green again. And then you've got PJ Dozier coming back in to replace Will Barton. And you've got a lineup of Morris, Rivers, Dozier, Jeff Green, and Nikola Jokic. And Aaron Gordon replaces Jeff Green after a little bit, and they run with uh, Morris, Rivers, Dozier, Gordon, and Jokic. And that lineup makes sense. All those lineups make sense. They eventually finished the, the, the first half with the starters as well. They came back in and kind of in between the two and three minute mark or so. But I was just really impressed with the process. I think that the process makes sense when you approach it in that regard. 
I'm not going to really share the the third quarter and fourth quarter subs because by that time, uh, the starters had really put the game away in the early third quarter uh, based off of what they were able to accomplish. And I'm not sure if Malone would have gone back to the same thing or if he basically tried out Michael Porter with the second unit because he left Will Barton in for the entire uh, third quarter, which is not something that he did the first time around. So he wasn't trying to stick to a script at that point. But I do think that the first half was really interesting because he had previously said that he wanted a starter to be out there at all times, maybe even two with that second unit. And by placing Will Barton, Michael Porter, with Faku and the two greens, that sort of bridged the gap between the lineups that usually include Jokic and the lineups that don't. Because rather than playing a whole bunch of time with a whole bunch of scorers sitting on the bench, Denver was able to get some guys out there. And it didn't work. It wasn't, I think that lineup was actually the worst lineup that Denver threw out there in the first half. Uh, the Faku, Barton, Porter, Green, and Green. Uh, because I think that they're, they're still trying to figure each other out for starters. Uh, but for another thing, I'm not sure if, um, like, because there were a lot of possessions where Faku was running pick and pop with Green and Green, uh, both of those guys. And then there were some post-ups that happened for those guys. And you have Barton and Porter out there, but they're not necessarily, like, focal points of the group. So it, it sort of defeated the purpose of having them out there. But I do think the process was good. I do think having those guys on the floor, helping to bolster what Faku provides, what the two greens provide, is better than having Rivers and Dozier out there at the same time. Because eventually, the ball will find the hands of Barton, of Porter, and they'll be able to get shots going in that second unit. And it'll give them an opportunity to Maybe they each have about a 25% usage. And so Barton has 25% of the possessions. Porter has 25%. If they take up half of the possessions of that group, then it means that Compazzo and the two greens, they can take up the other half. And that's a much better proportion than what was going on before, where Jermichael Green was carrying about 25% by himself heading into the game. Jeff Green getting some isolations, getting some post-ups, doing a lot of that. I think that this is better. And I think that Malone is getting to this place right now where he knows what sort of has to happen. And I think he's learned a lot on, along the way uh, from these first four games, uh, this being the fifth. Think about the teams that he played. Think about the teams that the Nuggets played. In the first four, the Phoenix Suns, they stagger CP3 and Devin Booker all the time. The Spurs, they played all five of their starters versus Denver's bench unit in the beginning of the fourth quarter to get back into the game. The Cleveland Cavaliers, they rotate all of their bigs. They stagger their two starting guards, Sexton and Garland. They try to get those guys mixed and matched with different players. And then the Utah Jazz, who famously, they play Mike Conley, 
and Rudy Gobert with the second unit. They keep Boyan Bogdanovich, Donovan Mitchell, Royce O'Neal out there with the first unit for the entire time. But they stagger Conley and Gobert, and they play them next to their two elite bench players in Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson. And they do a really good job of putting together coherent groups that have played together a lot, that understand how to play with each other, and make a lot of sense. I think that Denver can do that. I think that they can make it work with the bench group that they have. But they have to try. And I I still would like to see Bones, don't get me wrong. But what I really liked about this group was that the lineups just made more sense. They were put into positions to succeed, not necessarily a position where uh, they were forced to kind of figure things out and not necessarily have a plan of who the starting scorer is. I think you could see that with that bench group, even in the fourth quarter tonight, somehow Faku, Rivers, PJ, and the two greens, somehow they found their way onto the floor together in the fourth quarter. I'm not sure what the the plus minus of that group was at that point, but it doesn't really matter. Point being, though, is that Denver's finding different ways to win. And I think Michael Malone deserves some credits for being creative and for doing things that he knows need to happen, um, including the Austin River staggering, where he wasn't on the floor at the same time as Faku Campazzo at all in the first half. I think he deserves some credit for that, Michael Malone, because those guys hadn't worked. It was pretty clear. And rather than taking one of them out of the rotation, he found a way to keep both of them in and to continue to be successful. Now, Nuggets fans, you're probably not going to be happy about that because you're not going to see Bones. But it's better to win and not play Bones than to lose and not play Bones. So just keep being supportive of the group that's out there. That's all I'll say. When we come back, we're going to discuss what is next and if this is sustainable with this group. We will be right back. All right, we're back. Pickaxe and roll. Final segment here. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it's it's made better that people tune in when I record this at, at 1.15 in the morning, which it is right now. So uh, it's, it's good to hear. So thank you so much. Okay. Is this sustainable? Is this what Denver did tonight, a 31-point blowout, something that Denver can replicate going forward? Now, maybe not a 30-point blowout. Maybe it's more just the process by which they get there. Maybe it's just how they continue to approach certain things. But I think that Denver's in a really good spot right now. After having some questions develop over the course of the last few days, I think that they had a really good two-day break during this past week, where you had a game on Monday and a game on Tuesday, back-to-back, lost both of them, really struggled, 
Jokic got banged up. You got a day off, and then you got a good practice in yesterday, and then you play a game tonight against a team in Dallas that's really struggling, that has to come in here to altitude on a back-to-back themselves. This was a get-right game for Denver. Barton, he's playing great. Monte Morris, he was excellent tonight. Not sure what the final numbers were on him. Let's just check them real quick. Uh, Eight points, four of six, three assists, one turnover, had a block. Guys, Monte Morris was a plus 32 in 24 minutes. He fit in. Denver wasn't perfect. They weren't weren't ideal, but there were some great Monte Morris, Nikola Jokic two-man game sequences in there. There were some good Aaron Gordon backdoor sequences in there. There were some good Will Barton drives in there. Michael Porter started off the game really well. Now, he's still the worst starter right now. Like, he's worse than Morris. He's worse than Gordon. He's definitely worse than Barton and doesn't compare to Jokic. But Porter's still figuring some things out as well. And it's better to do it in a blowout win. But a lot of these guys are playing really well. Gordon made the most of his opportunities offensively tonight. 13 points on 9 shots, a steal and a block, 2 assists, hit hit one of his 3s, just really good stuff. And then Jokic is Jokic, like 11 points on 9 shots, 16 rebounds, 8 assists, 1 turnover, really, really Jokic-style game where he does what the team needs and nothing more. But 16 rebounds in 25 minutes is just nuts. That is a really high number. And if the bench wasn't playing well, and Jokic had to come back into the game, I have no doubt that he would have picked up the triple-double. I have no doubt that he was well on his way. But this was a good game tonight for him, where he got to take a breath, only play 25 minutes, as opposed to the normal 35. Hopefully he'll be fresh for tomorrow's game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, there are still some things that Denver has to figure out. Like, I still think that Michael Porter is struggling to find his spots. And then when he does get to his spots, the three right now, it's just not dropping. Like, he's one of six tonight from three. And it feels like it's a chore with him to try to get him to hit threes. Only attempted one uh, free throw tonight. It was on an and one, a really dangerous play, by the way, where Jokic just absolutely swats Luka Doncic. Kind of clotheslines him a little bit. Could have been called a foul, but it wasn't. And they go down the floor. Porter gets up into the air, uh, avoids the block narrowly, and gets an and one while crashing onto his face. Um, That was a scary play. It was the only free throw opportunity that Porter had the entire game. And I still think that he, he definitely needs to be attacking the rim more than he is. There was a play tonight where he was kind of playing a two-man game with Jokic, where, maybe not two, but like, Jokic went down into the post, Porter rotated from the top of the key over to the wing, and Jokic hit him, and rather than, like he kicked the ball back out to him, and rather than settle for the jumper, Porter just continued his movement, 
drove right to the rim, drove over uh, and around Jokic, and just flew right to the cup over the contest for a nice layup. And you just don't see enough of that. You just don't see enough opportunities where he's getting easy buckets. Well, he got one tonight. Hopefully he continues to get more. But he still has some stuff to figure out. And like I said before, I'd still like to see Bones play a little bit more. He could definitely play that Rivers role that Rivers played tonight. Uh, alongside, like, the lineup that, that Rivers played against, or with mostly, was Monte Morris, PJ Dozier, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic. Like, Bones could absolutely play next to that group, alongside that group, and be very successful. Whether he's handling the basketball, whether he is uh, just spotting up, whether he's just trying to push the base in transition. There's a lot of ways for him to excel. And perhaps maybe some two-man game with Nikola Jokic at some point. That would be great too. I think we're eventually going to get there. Like, this isn't going to happen for the entire season, folks. Like, Aaron, or Austin Rivers is out there, and he had a better game tonight, uh, just in a better position. It was really nice to see him hit a three, though it was the only shot he hit. I will say that. Um, one of four tonight from the field, one of two from three. If he continues to be in situations where he's only hitting zero to one shots a game, uh, Denver's eventually going to make that change. Uh, like Michael Malone's uh, veteran uh, stuff be damned. Like he will make that change. I promise you that. And there are situations where Bones can really thrive. And I think that the, the one where Rivers played tonight, I think that's definitely one of them. So if there are times where Rivers doesn't necessarily play well, maybe this maybe they try this rotation out for another couple games. If Rivers only plays average to bad in these next couple, I think you'll probably see Bones going forward. But here's the thing. A blowout is a blowout. However you slice it, however the offense doesn't necessarily look fantastic, you can still take solace that Denver beat Dallas by 31 on national TV. They made them look like a JV squad. Aaron Gordon and PJ Dozier absolutely deed up one of the best perimeter creators in the entire league. Michael Malone coached circles around whoever this coach in Dallas is. Because I'm not sure it's Jason Kidd. It might be the leadership council that they have out there. Maybe they're the ones making the decisions. But either way, Denver was really impressive tonight. And now they get to go on the road to play Minnesota. They will face the Timberwolves. That matchup is going to be really tough. Carl Anthony Towns against Nikola Jokic. He is going to be out for blood. And they're playing really well. When I mentioned that Denver was fourth in defensive rating on cleaning the glass, Minnesota is second. Second. Which is incredible to me. But that's where they are. And they'll probably start D'Angelo Russell, Anthony Edwards, Jada McDaniels, old friend Jared Vanderbilt, and Cat. That's a really good group. And then they'll have some good players come off the bench as well. So don't take them lightly 
on Saturday. And given that it's a back-to-back, given that Denver just came off the high of a, a big blowout win, don't be surprised if Denver comes back to earth tomorrow. It's not to sound the alarm or anything like that. Because Dallas is or uh, Minnesota's good. But we're just gonna have to see. I think that it's it's something to at least monitor heading into Saturday night. All right, that's gonna do it for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Make sure to use promo code MHS when you sign up. I will be back with another podcast tomorrow, going six this week, doing really well, uh, making sure that everybody's got the Nuggets content that they deserve. So thank you so much, everybody, for hopping on with me, and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.